Hello, I'm Roger Baker, director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Subscribe today at rainworldview.com. Welcome to RAIN's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. I'm Ryan Boll, in for Emily Donahue. Thanks for joining us. Let's talk about Kenya. It is a regional hub for many international businesses. It is one of Africa's most globally integrated states and is known for how its democracy functions. Kenya's general elections are on August 9th. Here with details is Clara Brackbill, RAIN's Sub-Sahara Africa Analyst. Great to have you along, Clara. Hi, Ryan. Great to be here. So can we start with who the candidates are and, and what we need to know about them? Yes, definitely. So in Kenya, uh, there are two dominant parties, the first of which um, is the Azimiola Omoja coalition. And that is led by uh, one of the front runners for this upcoming election, Raleigh Odinga. And Odinga has run for president several times. He previously served as prime minister um, and, you know, is very much part of the of Kenyan's uh, tradition of dynastic politics. His family has been involved in Kenyan politics for for generations. Uh, His vice president is Martha Karua. And Martha is widely known, widely respected, and also the first woman to be on a major party's ticket. Uh, And and what's especially notable about about Karua is that she has no uh, corruption charges that have been levied against her, which uh, can't be said for the other candidates um, and and is particularly significant um, in Kenya. And then on on the opposing side, we have William Ruto, and Ruto is leading the One Kenya Alliance and uh, is is positioning himself as a political outsider. And this is interesting because Ruto is actually the current deputy president. So uh, this this outsider positioning actually comes from the breakdown in relations between Ruto and Kenya's current president, Uhuru Kenyatta. Um, The two had a falling out in 2018, uh, which then led to an alliance between Odinga, um, Ruto's opponent, and Kenyatta. So since that handshake agreement between Ruto and Kenyatta, uh, I'm sorry, between Odinga and Kenyatta, Ruto has been, uh, in a way, the political outsider. And uh, Ruto's Ruto's VP candidate is uh, Rugathi Gachawa, and both of them are, um, are are positioning themselves as advocates for Kenya's youth. Um, their motto is Hustler Nation, so they're so they're running on the platform of trying to empower. Um, grassroots economic development from the ground up. So that sets the stage with the candidates, but can you go a little bit deeper and and provide us with a little bit of background on how Kenya's elections are historically decided? Yes, definitely. So to win a presidency in Kenya, a candidate must win more than half of the national vote and at least a quarter of the ballots cast in half of Kenya's 47 counties. So this requires broad geographic as well as popular support. So with that in mind, there are several constituencies that have been historically important to winning the election. And the first and most decisive of which is the Kikuyu vote. The Kikuyus are Kenya's uh, biggest ethnic group, and, and they're generally located in, in um, the central region of the country. And they're also, uh, the Kikuyus also have a very strong historical connection to Kenyan politics and the presidency. So current President Kenyatta um, is from the Kikuyu 
ethnic group. And notably, while neither Ruto nor Dinga, the two front runners, are Kikuyu, both of their running mates, both of their vice presidential candidates are in an attempt to gain support from that um, really decisive uh, group. Now, of course, it's it remains to be seen whether or not Kikuyus will vote as a block um, or whether the vote will split. And, and, and those outcomes will be determinative, I think. And then two other constituencies that candidates are really looking uh, to, to cater to are, are the youth vote and then also the women's vote. Um, now, obviously, uh, Ruto's platform of, of the Hustler Nation uh, is a is a call to to Kenyan youth voters, um, especially because youth unemployment is so high, uh, as well as uh, economic challenges are, are are really daunting in this moment. Um, and then Odinga obviously um, is is attempting to to gain support from women voters by appointing uh, Martha Karua as his vice president. Now, I don't think. That that youth voters and women voters will will vote as one um, in Kenya or or anywhere, but uh, in, in this case, they, these seem to be two really attractive blocks that that candidates are attempting to cater to. So that kind of gives us an idea of the the constituencies that they're they're trying to go for. Is there anybody who would be uh, decisive uh, in, in terms of how this election might go? Is there one block that uh, that you're looking towards as a possible coalition uh, that could uh, define the next Kenyan government? Yes. So, so the Kikuyu block is is one that um, is, as I said, particularly decisive, and also the Kikuyu vote is one that uh, those of us who are watching this election closely are looking towards to see whether or not this election will be similar to the 2007 election in terms of electoral violence. So, past elections, most notably the 2007. 2007 election uh, experienced widespread violence, looting, property damage, business disruptions, um, and, and those those disruptions were in part motivated by ethnic grievances. And so, in this particular election, the scenario um, in which we're predicting would elicit uh, the most violent reaction is one in which, um, well, first of all, the the results of the election are are close and so contested. Um, and then second of all, an election in which um, a previous agreement between ethnic groups um, isn't adhered to. So what I mean by that is um, when Kenyatta, Kenya's current president, was elected in 2017, many of Ruto, the current deputy president, president and One Kenya Alliance's current candidate, many of Ruto's supporters from his own ethnic group, which are the Kalenjins, voted for Kenyatta, who's a Kikuyu, with the understanding that after Kenyatta's two terms, the Kikuyu bloc uh, would would then support Ruto, uh, who, who's a Kalenjin. So if Ruto loses to the Kenyatta-Odinga alliance, um, the Kalenjin-Kikuyu violence, which, which is um, in part what spurred that widespread violence in 2017, has the potential to spiral out of control. And if that violence does erupt, uh, the ongoing food and fuel crisis, inflation, reduced purchasing power, um, all of those economic grievances will likely exacerbate that violence, um, leading to greater looting and unrest. And final question, if the unrest scenario starts to escalate, are Kenya's security forces positioned to tampen down that unrest or could it spiral into a greater crisis? 
Yeah, that's a good question. So the the National um, Election Commission recently re re released a, a report that uh, highlighted 10 um, counties throughout the country that are particularly likely to experience election-related violence. And in those counties, uh, we know that ahead of the election, we can expect security forces to deploy. Um, and, you know, given past experience, notably in, in 2007, um, as well as 2017, although to a lesser extent, because of that history, uh, security forces are are um, preparing for for such a scenario. The fear is, um, especially in urban settings, that that the looting and violence will be so widespread that uh, security forces aren't able to suppress it in in a peaceful manner. So while while yes, they are preparing and and attempting to prepare, the the reality is that those efforts may not be successful. Well, thank you, Clara. Clara Brackbill is a Sub-Sahara Africa analyst with RAIN. You can read her geopolitical guidance in RAIN Worldview. Right now, there's an extremely affordable subscription rate. Check it out at RAINWorldview.com. That's R-A-N-E Worldview.com. I'm Ryan Bull. Thanks for listening.